Welcome. You're with the Room Dividers. The Room Dividers, it is on MSW. And uh, if you'd like to give us a shot uh, on uh, any rugby topics, and we're going to be discussing our South African team's performances during the Super Rugby season. Yes, we don't have any more teams left in the semifinals. Unfortunately, they crashed out at the quarterfinal stage. And if you'd like to voice your opinion about rugby in the country, the number to call is 089-110-3377 or 089-110-2000. Remember, the WhatsApp voice note line is... 060-584-2250 and uh, to join me in the room dividers this evening I'd like to welcome Subu Mjikezelesu I beg your pardon there Subu uh, rugby analyst and uh, Ashfaq Mohammed, a digital sports editor from the independent media good evening gentlemen to Subu first and then uh, to Ashfaq how's it Owen glad to be here thank you so much Ashfaq you there with Hi, us Owen. Yes, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Guys, yeah, we've got so much to discuss. And firstly, let's uh, start with you. We look at uh, the Super Rugby season. It was a very tight affair in uh, the South African Conference. And unfortunately, we only had two teams uh, from the South African Conference that uh, went through to the, quarter, to the quarterfinals. Yes, it is. Uh, the Bulls and the Sharks uh, with uh, a team from Argentina, Jaguares, topping the log and going through and still looking very strong at the moment. What do you think went wrong with the Lions who've been up there for the past two seasons already? Yeah, look, I think the Lions dynasty, um, it, it called time, uh, the season called time on the Lions, sort of um, three straight uh, playoff um, team uh, that won the South African Conference three mm. years in a row, made the Super Rugby final three years in a row, playing um, two, two away finals in that period, including one home final without winning any. I think that time... Uh, came to an abrupt end, it was always going to be very difficult for them. Having changed the coaches from Johan Ackerman to Sester Brain, uh, the president of the union also left um, after 40 years with the union, if mm. you include his playing days, Kevin de Klerk vacating his post as well. So it was a real clean-up end as well. Akers uh, did leave with a lot of playing talent as well. He didn't go quietly. To the UK, so it was a real rebuilding job for Swayze, and he found it tough in times, leaving the, the the tour party midway while they were still in Australasia. Um, obviously, there were problems as well in the management staff regarding the Joey Mangalo scenario, as well as injuries that tampered them, the, the chronic injuries that affect Wyan Whiteley mm-hmm. on, a, on on what seems now is a seasonal basis. <laughs> New players coming in. And there was uh, also that, that injury to Kwaka Smith. That was another injury there to endure. Yeah, of course. Kwaka Smith obviously um, is called up to the Springboks. Uh, in spite of that, it shows um, quite the, the talent uh, that, that he possesses. So And also, Altinyanchi is not mm. finding the form that we're used to seeing him and, and being dropped from the team because of off-field issues. You know, these are the things they didn't have to contend with three years prior. And now suddenly they've all come to the surface, and which unfortunately, when you're losing, these things really do rush to the surface. So as far as the Lions, I think a new team, it's, it's back to the drawing board for them. And as for the rest of the South African unions, I think they didn't really catch up to the Lions more than the Lions just uh, dissipated on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there were improvements uh, at Loftus. 
as far as the Bulls are concerned. I, I really liked Porto Human's team and the way he played. Really surprised me. Um, I think the real waste, wastage happened in Durban, where I think in terms of squad quality and player personnel, the Sharks should have done a whole lot better than they did, but inconsistency was their biggest problem. They went from putting 50 points uh, against the Lions to, to taking 50 points mm. at home to the Jaguars. That was the kind of season mm. that, that they were having, which was infuriating to say the least. Ashwak, you look at uh, the Jaguares, and uh, Sabu just touched on them there. They were unbelievable this season. There was a big, a big change there. They used to be one of the whipping teams of uh, Super Rugby in the past. Now the Argentines are possibly in, uh, with a chance of making their maiden Super Rugby final should they beat the Brumbies this coming weekend in the in the semifinals. Yeah, what a success story, Owen. You know, really the Jaguares, they battled initially, and, and the biggest shortcoming was perhaps the discipline. You know, they used to give away a lot of penalties, yellow cards as well. When things weren't going their way, they just lost their call. And I think that has been the major difference uh, with them, you know. Mm. A lot of people say that they are sort of a test team, you know, Argentina test side, but all the South African teams have a number of Springboks as well. Mm. I don't Mm. buy that, you know. Uh, They've just done really well. Got a new coach also in Gonzalo Quesada, so he's brought in something different uh, too. And, And just... They just know what they need to do on the field, where they are on the field. Their selection is consistent. They've been, uh, they've done pretty well in terms of injuries as well. So really, everything just came together for them this season. The other thing a lot of people talk about is the draw for Super Rugby, and you know sometimes it's the luck of the draw who you're going to face, and you don't face all the teams obviously in in Super Rugby. Do you think it went their way this year, the Jaguares, as in they had a very favourable draw in order to get this far in the competition? I mean. This is in spite of their results that they produced. Yeah, no, I don't think that the draw has much to do with it, to be honest, Owen. You know, you've got to beat the teams, especially away from home. And, and they, they form uh, away from Buenos Aires has been exceptional. Mm. You know, uh, they won games in New Zealand, they won games in Australia. And that is uh, where the South African teams have just come short. Mm. Um, also in terms of the tactics, the, the manner in which they play, they're so refreshing to watch, you know, when, when it's on, uh, the uh, overlap is there, they use, make use of it, they bring in the back three into the game, it's not just kick and chase, bash up rugby like the, like most of the South African teams mm. tend to do, you know, so there's just a difference in the in, in the way they do things complete, and that is why they deservedly won the South African conference. That's so true. And, uh, you know, second to them was the Bulls. Uh, Sabu, I mean, the Bulls showed the, the way, I guess, for the South African teams. They uh, had one of the best players uh, and the leading uh, the point scorer, uh, Andre Pollard, also in that squad, and just showing you that the points were there for the taking. But uh, for them, unfortunately, it came to an end just this past weekend. Yeah, look, with, the, with any luck, the Bulls would have probably topped the, the South African Conference, would have probably beaten the Hurricanes as well if they had minimized their errors. If they went there with the, just a bit more belief, man, um, which I think for South African teams going away to New Zealand in playoff matches is really a mental block because they were in that game right up until the last minute. Mm. But... You know, what they've done very well, despite the Lord Diaga injury for that season, uh, losing Arches Neyman for large chunks, losing Dwayne Melon for chunks, uh, losing Scott Brits because of suspension uh, mm. for chunks of the season. You know, those are those are things that really impact um, a team because those are experienced players. Those are some very, very good players. Those are Springboks. 
So you take them out, you take one of them out, and you've got problems. And then when they're out for for for, for extended periods and and as a collective, it really it really does hamper the team. I don't I don't necessarily think that um, they were uh, the, the 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 team that South Africa had banked on, but mm. they really put their hands up. I think their front row wasn't expected to be the best front row in the country, and I would say for sure that it was. And um, I had a chat with Victor Matsuv not too long ago, um, saying that he's, he's, he's liked the between Hizo Kowoka and, and Trevor Nyakane with um, the experience of Scout Brits uh, at Hooker. And, and just how, you know, how they, they ought to transfer that form uh, as well to 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 Springbok level mm. come this international window. So I think the Bulls have done really well. I've I was told that uh, Loftus as well that Poti Human is the kind of guy that um, gives belief in players. And we saw what he has done for Ambrose Papias, uh, the the Springbok scrum half. We've seen what he's done for a returning Cornell Hendricks. I think Cornell, even though he hasn't blazed a number of tries, hella solid in the air solid on defense, knows where he needs to be position-wise. Mm. And, and his finishing is still as high quality as it was uh, just before he had uh, the, those cardiac problems that really impacted his career. So I was really impressed with how those guys have been ingratiated into the team, such as um, Roscoe Speckman as well. You know, I really like Roscoe this season. Uh, he, I think his 15-man game is going to grow from this. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think they can be proud. I, I forgot to mention Warwick Kalant on that injury list. Yes, He's another yes. one for me. Needs a season free of injuries. I don't know if it's a conditioning issue or if it's a genetic issue. He's almost mm. like mm. a Raheem Sterling for Liverpool. <laughs> yes. Hella talented player. <laughs> but you just don't know if you get two straight weeks out of him. Oh, that is a major problem. You know, all the injury concerns that uh, will make or break your season. Well, talking about making or breaking a season, Sharks had a hot and cold uh, Super Rugby campaign, but they managed to get through uh, the finishing third place in the Southern African Conference. And Ashraf, Ash, we can touch on this. I mean, they beat uh, they beat the Stormers just to make it through. And then they unfortunately limp out with a 38-13 defeat to the Brumbies in Canberra. And obviously, if any team really wants to make it in this competition, they need to make sure that any of the knockout games gets played at home. I mean, the Sharks, there was no ways they were going to have that home uh, quarterfinal, but making it very difficult for them when they do travel, that they, you know, they need luck on their side, I guess. Well, Owen, they were very lucky to get there in the first place because mm-hmm. I was at a game against the Sharks and Newlands, and I can tell you it was almost as if both teams didn't want to win that game because mm-hmm. they didn't want to travel all the way to Australia <laughs> to face the Brumbies in a really freezing cold Canberra because they knew they were up against it. Now, they tried their best to lose it. In the end, a uh, bit of Lucanio and Brilliance won the one for them at Newlands uh, mm-hmm. with a try in the last second. So, But yeah, the Sharks shot themselves in the foot throughout the season. You know, the issues with the coach, um, with his selection policy, uh, not only with his son, forcing mm. his son to play at playoff when Kerwin should have started most of the games, but even uh, when his son comes on, Kerwin has to go to fullback. Uh, mm. And then mm. someone like Apolele Fassi had to suffer. But also just the tactics as well, apart from uh, the, the coach's son situation. Mm. I thought that, you know, they've got such a lethal backline, but we hardly saw much of them balling in, you know, because the... Uh, the play tended to end with uh, uh, Robert Dupriya attacking up at Cloud, 
or under East Asian at Inter Center taking it up. So the likes of Lucanio and Sabun Kosi, Makazoli Bapimpi, uh, and Kerwin from the back and Apaleli Fassi mm. didn't get much ball. It was mainly from broken play where they were brought into action. So I think they, Robert Dupriya as a coach, missed the trick tactically mm. as well. So no more teams left in uh, Super Rugby. Unfortunately, uh, they all crashed out now at the uh, quarterfinal stage. In the semifinals, so we'll probably be rooting then for Jaguares to possibly go all the way and take the title away from the Crusaders. But let's uh, touch on uh, the SA Super Rugby team of the season, a list of 15 players. Uh, Sabu, I'm going to start with you. Let's look at that uh, forwards pack and uh, in the front line, uh, Liso Oboka. From the Bulls, uh, Malcolm Marks and Carlos Sadi. No surprises there, I guess. I mean, that is a lethal front row. Uh, who else would you have put in there if it wasn't for these three? Um, for me, I would have I would have probably gone for Trevor Nakani and Titus. Just just purely because of the the way he played with with Lizzo. they were very solid as as a pack. Uh, I don't have any qualms with Malcolm Marks. As as a leading number two in the country, but I don't think he kind of showed the form in Super Rugby, the dominant form um, that that you would expect from him. Mm. But I guess you know it, it is unfair in a sense because his his standards are so high. Um, he's set unbelievably high standards. But what I can say about Markham is that his his uh, lineout work has improved uh, dramatically this season. So I, I'll, I'll definitely doff my hat off uh, to him for for that improvement of his of his game. Uh, we go to the lock combination who made it onto this list of 15 Jason Jenkins from the Bulls and no surprise Ergis Neyman also uh, getting uh, a name there getting his name onto that 15 man list at lock uh, Ashfaq let's look at that those two I mean they are a lethal combination when they do make make it onto the field together yeah look Ergis Neyman for me is the best lock in South Africa full mm. stop you know mm. he for me is one of the first names on the stream lock team sheet since the manner in which he he uh, mixes the physicality with the lovely death touches on attack. You know, he's able to, to unlock defenses even almost like a center, mm. uh, the way he runs through the middle. And his lineup work is very good as well. But for me, at, at, at the other lock, uh, I know Jason Jenkins has done quite well, but Marvin Ori has been outstanding for the Lions mm. uh, throughout the season. You know, he's been a really consistent player, uh, also been called up now to the string of training group by Rashi Rasson, so that was good to see as well. For me, just the way he, he organizes Line, the the lineups uh, at the Lions, Northern Whitefish, Edson, and the hard edge as he's added to his game as well. And he's such a hard work on defense too. So for me, Marvin Ori uh, would partner at this moment. Then in the midfield, Yaku Kutsia from the Stormers, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, and uh, Dan Dupria from the Sharks. Uh, Sabu, uh, you agree with this? Oh, it's, it's a hard call in the back row because um, we always seem to. You know, and you have a have a stellar class of of good uh, back row players. I thought I thought Yakukutia was probably if there was a most improved or uh, a player of the year uh, award in South African rugby, it would be a toss up between him and Herschel Ganchi, the the scrum half. Mm. Um, but I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say there was I wouldn't say there was a, a, an open side um, sort of flanker that really. So uh, everyone's attention besides mm. him, uh, to be to be frank. So I don't mind Yakukitsu. Um, he he also played at number eight as well, uh, as well the season. So he he kind of dovetailed between uh, six and eight 
Um, he, I think he can play anywhere in the back row, to be honest. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was happy. Again, it, it would it would depend on whether you're going for uh, your, your your big lineout options. I don't think he's a he's a great lineout option, um, but but of course he's, he's he's everywhere, all over the park, you know. Mm-hmm. And in fact. In fact, I wouldn't even mind a Jason Jenkins if, if Ashfaq and I were sitting in a coaching booth somewhere. <laughs> I'll take his Jason Jenkins and, and, and put him in the back row and, and put in Marvin Ori because I think that Marvin Ori pick is very good. I think Marvin, for me, yeah. stellar mm-hmm. line-out work. Mm-hmm. I think 90% or, of Or even a, a Kwaka Smith at open side. Uh, True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even a Kwaka Smith, you know. Um, I, but I do like someone who plays to, to the ball on the floor um, who actually contests. Which is not um, particularly Kwaka's strength, but obviously uh, his running game is very, very dynamic. Mm. Then we get uh, we come on to the uh, uh, fly half and scrum half positions. At number nine was Herschel Yankees. I mean, there's no surprise there. He's also been called up uh, to the Springbok alignment camp uh, taking place in uh, Pretoria at the moment. Uh, good to see him getting a call up and being rewarded for his fantastic performances this year as well as Andre Pollard. I mean, you couldn't leave him out after being the competition's top uh, goal scorer or point scorer with 194 points to his name. So I guess no surprises there at Scrum Off and Fly Off, uh, Ashrak. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly those two were, were the form players in both positions. You know, Ursula Yankees really took his chance. I mean, he wasn't the first choice at the start of the season because uh, the storm was up to Fiano for Mark, the veteran. But mm-hmm. he got injured, and, and that's where Ursula uh, managed to get an opportunity. And what a player, you know, he's such a courageous guy. He's a small guy, but even on defense, he's made a number of prize saving tackles. He gets stuck in around the fringes. He's not scared of the big ball carrying loose words at all. And in terms of his service, he's just such a spark on the tech. He was one of the few bright lights for the Stormers mm. in terms of attacking game this season. You know, he just tried to make things happen, often without uh, without much support uh, at the Stormers. But certainly, again, one of those new guys has been called up to that Springbok training group and, and well-deserved because mm. he really has taken his game to another level. And of course, Pollard has been very consistent throughout the season. Yep, no doubt about that. And then at the wings, uh, we've got uh, Makizole Mpimpi. He's an unbelievable speed merchant. And Cornell Hendricks, we did touch on him. Uh, you know, he's had a, a fantastic season after coming back from what could only say is, is possibly a career-ending heart uh, problem. Yeah, no, like I've mentioned before, I think Cornell is one of the stories of the season. Uh, really one of those uh, comebacks. Uh, glorious hero type uh, 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 stories. Mm. Uh, I think for for Cornell to even to even force his way into a contract uh, at Loftus <laughs> was uh, was a was a massive feat. I don't know I don't know who his agent is, but I would like him to represent me in the future. <laughs> but um, he was absolutely brilliant. And and uh, you know, with wingers, especially experienced wingers who probably don't have the burning pace. Mm. Uh, or, or, or that that you know the the fires kind of run out a little bit. It, it's very important for them to maintain the basics like positioning, high balls, uh, clearance, kicking, and 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 cross covering. Uh, mm. Corno was a absolutely meticulous uh, when it comes to box ticking those those basics this season. If, if there's one thing wingers ought to have learned, the younger guys, your spoon courses. Um, even fullbacks like Apelele Fasi, mm, mm. you don't necessarily need burning pace to make an impact on the field. All you need to know is, is your positioning in relation to your opposite number. Mm. And Kono, for me, was the best at that. 
And obviously on the other side of the wing, we've got the best finisher in the country in my book, which is Magazole Mapimpi. Yep. And he was he absolutely reveled. He he just can't stop scoring tries <laughs> at the moment. I think if you if you if you tally together his um his last two seasons, he'll probably be South Africa's uh, top try scorer in all competitions. Mm-hmm. He left Pro fourteen as a top try scorer. He left Kyle Cup with uh, double figures and tries when he left the Cheetahs. And he had double figures uh, for the Kings in Super Rugby the last time he was there. He's been absolutely sensational for me. And uh, no doubt um, will be will be part of this international window, hopefully part of the World Cup as well in terms of Springbok contention. Well, we've got uh, still three more positions that we need to chat about, and we'll get to that uh, after the break. You are listening to Sabu Mjikazaliso as well as uh, Ashfaq Mohammed. Well, welcome back to MSW, and uh, we're chatting uh, with uh, two esteemed guests on the line. Let's join me as we talk. Uh, we do our feature on a Tuesday, and that's the Room Dividers. And uh, we've really dealt with the, the SA Super Rugby team of the season. we still got three more positions to discuss. And I'd just like to remind you who we're chatting to. at uh, Sabu Mjikaliso, who's a rugby analyst, as well as Ashfaq Mohammed, digital sports editor at the Independent Media uh, Ashfaq, let's discuss that centre pairing and uh, at number 12, Damien Allende uh, from the Stormers as well as Lucanio M. There's, I guess, a bit of a question mark around Damien Allende. I'm not too sure he should be donning that number 12 uh, in the SA Super Rugby team of the season. Yeah, look, uh, I felt that he's gotten better actually towards the last uh, few weeks of the, of the campaign, I must say. But certainly as, as a whole, tournament as a whole, uh, yeah, there are question marks around the inside centre berth. That's probably why Rassi Rassons has built in France stay now as an mm-hmm. option into the Springbok setup. Um, so, so therefore, in terms of a super rugby team of the season, I would be inclined to perhaps play Lucanio Am at inside centre mm-hmm. and Jesse Creel at mm-hmm. outside centre. Um, I think Lucanio Am has been outstanding uh, as a number 13 for me. He's also the first choice number 13 for the Springbok. Mm-hmm. But just uh, the, the way he approaches the game, he's handling skills, his ability to organize the defense and make big hits also makes him someone who, who could flourish as a 12 as well. And Jesse Creel has really stepped up his game this year. You know, I've been one of his fierce critics over the years for his lack of passing to the outside, his passing skills yeah, and just absolutely. his general uh, game sense, you know. But this season, Jesse has really taken a step up and mm. he's always had the pace, always had a big boot. So as an overall package, for me, I would go with Lucanio Ahmed 12 and Jessica, you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. For me, that that actually needs to uh, translate. Uh, I think into the Bob jersey and not just in uh, fantasy league uh, picks. You know, <laughs> I I really do see uh, the potential for those two uh, to actually play very well because Lucanio Am is a great distributor in his own right, and he does draw in defenders. We know Jesse Creel does have the physique, but he's also added that little bit of a, um, a look on his outside to see who are the who are the players better positioned to take the ball up and not just take it up himself. And uh, you know, Lukanyam does come from an inside centre background. He mm-hmm. was he was an inside centre at Border um, before the Sharks moved him to outside. So when they, the Sharks signed him from Border, he had actually gone to the Falcon and things hadn't gone well. They went back to Border. 
um, as an inside centre and then uh, had a good season with Border in a team that had the likes of Makazola Mapimpi in it. And, um, and, and he flourished as a 12 and then, and then got moved to 13. Mm. Um, and so he does have those innate uh, 12 skills. And he, he, I think he will be absolutely, absolutely on fire with the ball in his hands at 12. So um, I think it's one of the options Rusty needs to look at. I see his body in cover in, in the form of, of France Dane, but we'll see how, how those two uh, will be able to play together. And gentlemen, at uh, fullback, a guy that's been pushed from pillar to post within his own team uh, at the Sharks, uh, he's got so much talent and there's no doubt about it. Wherever they really play him, he is uh, a man that you have to watch out for on the field. Uh, Ashfaq, uh, looking at Cohen Bosch at number 15, he's a man that can don a couple of jerseys. Yeah, look, Cohen Bosch is immensely talented rugby player, you know, and he's he's just a, a ball ball skills, unbelievable, massive kicking boot um, from the tee and out of the end as well. And and for me, he's a flyer, you know, um, much as he, he does come in uh, at the back uh, mm. through the line, you know, joining joining the back line from the back. But for me, he's a better flyer, way better flyer than he is a fullback. Mm. So I would I would perhaps look somewhere else. I would think that Dylan Lades at the Stormers. Has been exceptional this year. Also been messed around between fullback and wing uh, uh, throughout the season. Mm. But for me, he's also another wonderful footballer and upper Lily Fasse as well, mm. bringing a real strike strike runner kind of uh, edge, you know, from the back here. So for me, those two, I'll probably go with the Dylan Lake, but certainly upper Lily Fasse also another strong contender. I would not have Bosch as a fullback. Mm. Um, you know, for me, he's, he's a backup player for the moment uh, behind Andre Pollard. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Is if you've got Andre Pollard in the squad at fly-off, you can't, uh, you'll have to put Cohen Bosch then at uh, full-back. Wouldn't you agree with that, Sabu? Yeah, I know. This is one of those where I have a real bee in my bonnet as well, <laughs> just like Ashfaq. <laughs> I, 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 I would rather you use him as, a, as an inside player in the second half at 10 um, then, then, then waste them away at 15. There are quality 15s in the country. We are, uh, Ashfaq has mentioned Dylan Lays, obviously. He's also got a bug call up now, um, as well as Apelele Fasi, who unfortunately mm. got injured when they traveled to, to Argentina to play the Jaguars. Um, and I think that may be the reason why he's not in that Springbok training squad. Otherwise, he's had a stellar season. And of course, I keep mentioning this about Warwick Haaland, who for me is probably the best all-round fullback um, of the lot that we've got in the country. just hasn't had that that's that stride where he can play a regular number of games and, and, and get them in under his belt without getting injured. Uh, that said, Kerwin um, was playing at fullback when the Sharks destroyed the Lions at Loftus. I remember mm-hmm. I was sitting there in the Loftus on a very, very cold night, but my my <laughs> word was it a sweet display of rugby football. I can tell you that. You almost forgot the cold, wet rain on the on the western block um, at at Ellis Park uh, that night uh, when 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 the li- when the Lions were destroyed by the Sharks, 50 points they took there, uh, and Kerwin was absolutely unplayable, chipping and chasing, breaking the line, and just and just uh, um, looking for his outside runners. Obviously, if you've got uh, look on your arm to look for, Mapimbi to look for, and Bungosi to look for, your job just becomes that much mm. easier. Uh, Ashfaq mentioned how great he is uh, kicking offhand and and from the tee. When they when they were at um, uh, 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 in Australia and Canberra, 
and uh, he had a few kicks uh, in pressure situations. Uh, they took the kicking away from the coach's son, and they gave it to him, and I think he nailed all his kicks. The only thing they didn't have was penetration because they had the wrong person as 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 the first receiver. They actually tried to switch it up in the second half mm. by having Kerwin come in and, and become the first receiver uh, at 10, even though he was still playing at 15. It kind of muddled things up. And I've seen the Springboks do this at times with Vili LaRue mm. Um, mm. come in to become the first receiver. But it can only work if you already see that there are holes to be exploited in the defense. Um, that 15 can only come in to, to play a particular role. It's useless if you come in as a 15, get the ball from the scrum off at first receiver, and the only move is to give it to the 10 anyway, who's just going to do whatever it was that they were going to do in the first place, either kick it away or, or, or just recycle position without any penetration and, and then lose meters. And that's exactly what happened with the Sharks. It just didn't work. I think for me... Something drastic needs to happen uh, down at Kings Park uh, in relation to to the coach Robert Dupree. I know his son is leaving, mm. uh, going to sail shots overseas, but uh, it, 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 it has come to that point where are they going to risk the future of the union on someone who's already wasted away a year's talent uh, where a lot of the guys might not be together for too long. Uh, you know, and and uh, these players' careers as well, they, they, they're not here forever, you know, and the year's just gone down the drain, and these guys are at their peak, uh, you know, so they need to, to have a real look at, at, at how they're going to manage their, their star mm. power moving forward. Well, there's two other major topics we need to discuss, and, uh, and I'll, I'll lay them out up front. One of them is financial woes at a certain uh, rugby union, and the second is the disappearance of a number of our Springboks and star players here in South Africa to play uh, rugby abroad. Firstly, uh, I'm going to start with you, Ashfaq, with regards to Western Province rugby. What is going on there? Because it, whenever there's talk of financial strife, you already know that there's only one union it can be, and that's Western Province. Can you break it down for us and tell us what is going on there? Yeah, look, Owen, this has been coming on for, for many years, uh, actually, um, with, with the previous administration and the previous CEO. Um, you know, a number of, of sort of dodgy deals were signed, and, and a lot of millions of rands were lost as a result. So now the, the, the sort of new administration who elected thing late last year only are trying to pick up the pieces. But of course it's difficult, you know, just across the board uh, uh, in terms of money in South African sport. We've seen the issues in cricket already um, with, with the domestic players and, and their system. Mm. These issues there. With the, with the Springboks now, there's going to be a new contacting model from November onwards after the Rugby World Cup. You know, and, and we, as you mentioned, a lot of players are leaving South Africa for pounds and, and, and yen and, and euros overseas because mm. we're just not enough. We can't keep up in terms of the currency. So that has a knock-on effect locally here as well. As Western province, they're trying to hold on to the top players such as Shia Kulisi and Peter Stefutoy. I mean, even it's a bit, there's a ready sign for overseas. Uh, no, so they've lost him already, but it's mm. cuts off as well. Hongim, Nami. And they're the top dollar players. So mm. how do you fix... The, the, the problems and the mistakes of the past while trying to marry the current situation where you've got guys who want to leave but you want to they should be held on to them. So that's a situation problems find themselves. They do have some leverage in terms of the number of um, highly profitable um, um, houses and properties across Cape Town mm. that they have been leveraging against to sort of pay the pay reviews up to now. 
But you know, it's coming to an head now where they may have to sell some of those properties to get back on their feet again because there's just no sponsors lining up. Um, is is there a way out for Western Province Rugby Union, though? Look, the, the the first price would have to be to get a top dollar sponsor, like like we've seen in European football, where you know these uh, Arab sheikhs come in from nowhere and pay five hundred million pounds for a club. You know, privatization sort of. You know, Isha Rugby has allowed seventy four percent in terms of franchises that can be owned by an outside company. Okay. So so I know they have been negotiating with a couple of of potential sponsors. So we have to see what happens with that. So we've seen, uh, Ashraf just touched on it, and how many players have left our shores and signed contracts abroad. Obviously, money is the big motivating factor and the fact that this year is a Rugby World Cup. So thereafter, I mean, there's four years left before they really have to think about coming back again or hanging up their boots for good. So do you think that that is also a motivating factor for some of the older players to be leaving South Africa? Yeah, I, I I don't think it's a clear cut of that uh, anymore. It used to be that way that you know the older you get, uh, the you know you go get a nice cushy retirement package somewhere in Europe or in Japan. But as we're seeing, our players are leaving at a younger and younger age. So the problem isn't just at a World Cup here. I think the problem started probably five six years ago when we started seeing guys like CJ Standard going overseas. Just and, and planning their futures, kids like Alan Bell, a, a former Queen's uh, College old boy, going to play for Scotland, and then there's plenty of them. So I think for 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 South African rugby, it's, it's a real challenge. Mm. But I, I, the, 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 it, it has to it has to fall on the administrative hands. I know there's a new contracting model that is supposed to rejuvenate uh, the you know and, and keep South Africans here in the country. But uh, with the talk of Western Province already being in strife, they might not be able to ex- execute that financial model right mm. away because what it means now is that um, you know you, you're already crippled in in your attempts to 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 redress the situation. Obviously, your top talent is gonna go and, and look for other opportunities in in, in Japan and and they they will, they will definitely look for major major payouts, but. We we still have the best rugby depth in the world, and I think we can still compete. It's just a matter of uh, doing the best with what we have that retain that we retain here in the country. Mm. Lastly, guys, we only got uh, two minutes left of the show. I'm going to put this question to both of you uh, with regards to the Springboks, and I'll start with you first, uh, Ashvak. With regards to the Springboks, does Rassi Rasmus have the team at his disposal that could possibly earn them a third Rugby World Cup title? He definitely does, Owen, but it depends on the on the starting 15 and the, and the match 23 that he employs in every game and also the tactic. You know, it's no point uh, we have the players, but, but the right ones aren't being chosen. Mm. You know, and injuries are also another issue. You know, someone like Ibn Etzabeth is still in doubt. He hasn't played. Rassi, uh, a couple of weeks ago at the press conference here in Cape Town, was confident that he would be ready. Another one is Lode Yager. But for me, they've hardly played this season, if at all, you know, in Lotte Yachas case here. Mm. So, you know, now suddenly, but still, they sort of regarded as the first choice block pairing for the Springboks. And for me, that's problematic because there are only like five or six tests before that uh, World Cup opener against the All Blacks on uh, September 21st in Yokohama. Mm. So, you know, you've got to have guys who have been playing or have enough game time or in four match fit. That's why for me, someone like Arke Sneijman should be the, the first uh, lock on, on the team sheet. Mm. So for me, 
that sort of comes down to the back three combination. We've debated that quite a bit uh, this evening. Mm. But someone like Jason Colby is also from overseas yes. coming into that equation, Balilaru. So, so all those things, yeah. Um, Rashi will only have a few games to sort out that starting 15. We're going to have to leave it there. We're running out of time. Thank you so much to both of you this evening for your time and giving us more insights into the state of South African rugby and uh, the way forward for the Springboks, hopefully. Thanks, Owen. Thank you so much. That's uh, Sabu from uh, who's a rugby analyst, as well as uh, Ashfaq Mohammed, a digital sports editor from the independent media. Thank you so much to both of them. Just to give you updates on what's happening around the world right now, there is the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations taking place. Uh, Cameroon, the defending champions, uh, currently being held to a goalless draw by Guinea-Bissau. Later on, the Ghana Black Stars take on Benin. That game gets underway at uh, 10 o'clock. And then uh, in the uh, Cricket World Cup, Australia have advanced through to the semi-finals after they defeated the host nation England by 64 runs. They become the first team to head into the semi-finals. And remember, they are the defending champions. Uh, over in uh, France, uh, Italy leads China by two goals to nil after 72 minutes in the FIFA Women's World Cup. The next game on the cards is a major one. It's the European champions for the Netherlands up against the 2011 uh, World uh, Champions. And that is Japan. That game gets underway at 9 o'clock. So that's all we have for you on Marawa Sports Worldwide. We thank you for your time this evening. And uh, we hope to uh, have you again with us tomorrow night at uh, 6 o'clock sharp.